What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 65. In this episode, we'll be talking about makeup and special effects with some makeup and special effects artists on the show, including Vittorio Sedano, who is an Italian makeup artist. And he was nominated for two Oscars for makeup effects in Apocalypto and for El Divo. And then he also won the David of Donatello, which is almost like the Italian Oscars, uh, for the same movie, Il Devo, in uh, the makeup effects artist category. Vittorio has also worked on The Black Dahlia by Brian De Palma from 2006 and uh, in several other films. Also, I have Ivana Ciccone, who is a makeup and special effects artist known for her work on Toxic Alien Zombie Babes from Outer Space and Little Monsters 2019 in The Badass Bunyip. And also returning guest David Black, who is an actor, producer, writer, who if you've listened to uh, the Root Horror Podcast episodes with him on there, you know that he's worked on Toxic Alien Zombie Babes from Outer Space and Badass Bunyip and more. So, before we get into this big episode with with all of them, I wanted to make a couple announcements. Friday, August 13th, at 6pm, Midwest Monster Fest presents a grindhouse double feature of Spring Fever and High on the Hog. So, make sure to make your way down to the Village Theater in the village of East Davenport, which is Davenport, Iowa. For the double feature screening of the film Spring Fever and High on the Hog. It's only five bucks to get in. You get to see two great indie films with special guest appearances. And then also there will be Q&As hosted by me, Marcus of the Root Horror Podcast. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to host that and uh we'll host the q a i've never done a live q a before so this is going to be interesting so yeah it's going to be a good time there's going to be uh an open bar so you can get your drink on but uh you know make sure that you have either an uber or lyft you know you don't want to drink and drive so make sure that uh you get that stuff taken care of So, you know, drink responsibly. Um, um, I think they're working on getting like a food vendor there or like a food truck vendor. So, uh, uh, that'll be to be announced. Nothing has been set yet, but I expect there's going to be a food truck there. And then, uh, you know, if you're from out of town, you can uh, stay in the Spring Fever Block at the My Place Hotel in Davenport for a special rate of $70 for one bed or $75 for two beds. So there's always that option if you're from out of town. Yeah, it's it's going to be an awesome time. I hope to see a lot of you there. And uh, yeah, Spring Fever and High on the Hog 
it'll catch you, so pack it tight. And speaking of spring fever, there's an Indiegogo campaign going on right now for getting the soundtrack on vinyl. So if you're a soundtrack collector, this is a great chance to get in on a limited run of vinyls to an indie horror film. Don't miss out. And uh, I will put the link to that in the description of this episode. There's there's a few other things I can announce, like upcoming guests and whatnot, but uh, I will save that for next episode. This is a pretty jam-packed conversation about special effects work and makeup work. Um, there was a, a little bit of connection issues, so uh, at one point we do lose Vittorio for a little bit. And uh, David Black uh, backs out so that Vittorio can get back on, which thankfully we were able to get Vittorio back on to finish the podcast. So uh, apologies if uh, you know the audio uh, doesn't sound the greatest uh, for a little bit, but that seems to kind of be an <laughs> unfortunate trend on the Rear Horde podcast. Uh, things happen, and uh, you know, just do what we can do. And uh, otherwise, I mean, it's still a great episode, I think, and a lot of cool info and uh, you know knowledge on. Uh, special effects and uh and makeup art and films so uh without further ado let's just get into the episode with vittorio sedano ivana ciccone and david black oh thank god you spoke like me look Look, the Americans don't smoke. Oh, I know. Normally I don't smoke on the uh, podcast, but this one's just audio. Yours was the first one I've ever smoked on because all of the Italians are there and they're all lighting up cigarettes and it was like two and a half hours later and I'm going into withdrawal and I'm jittery and I thought, oh, bugger it, who's ever going to know? Who's going to care? I know. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm only a quarter Italian. The rest... Um, Greek, Turkish, and Sicilian. So, yeah, Italian. Actually, I've, I've, I've got a question for you, Vittorio. Um, on, your, on your sets, because you've got people in makeup, and some of them are going to be there for eight hours getting something done, are they allowed to smoke in that time, or can you only have non-smokers getting heavy makeup done? Look, uh, we can all smoke on the trailer in uh, first places, of course. But because I'm a smoker, I always, well, if the actors don't respect my job, I just go out and smoke a cigarette. I say, call me when you finish your phone call, your coffee or whatever. <laughs> so I, I go out and smoke. Thank you. I, was, I wasn't able to smoke once I was done up as the bunyip. So, uh, yeah, basically, I I just had to uh, put up with it, and uh, a lot of my jittery actions were because, oh no, I'm going through withdrawal. Okay, when I have to do something very precise, I need my cigarettes. Otherwise, I can I can't be precise. It's impossible for me. Even when I sculpt, I need my cigarettes, my coffee, my everything. Also, the coffee, uh, maybe also for. I don't know, two days, three days. And I love the coffee after three days. It's ah, tastes fantastic. Cold, 
No sugar. We're mad. Come on, we're crazy people. <laughs> I've got the same problems with being addicted to cigarettes, but in Australia, you're not really allowed to smoke on the sets. So um, yeah, I'm. I only uh, go onto my own films so that I can nick off and have a cigarette for five minutes and come back, and then I'm fine for an hour. And you're going to Lou. Nobody is with you. Only you, you, and your cigarette. So there's some time. <laughs> Smoke also do electronic cigarettes. It doesn't make a lot of smoke, you know. So sometimes it helps just to smoke, but it's okay. I mean, I need my cigarette. Speak me alone. If you want to have me, have my packet of cigarettes, <laughs> and also my dogs. <laughs> when it, the first ever set I went on to, they actually gave everybody alcohol and cigarettes at the set, and uh, whether you wanted uh, a drink or a cigarette. They're walking around giving them to you. Things have changed. I did my test. I, I throw, I've thrown a cigarette in the isopropyl alcohol. Nothing happened. Because in the isopropyl alcohol, there's a, a big part of water, water. So it turned off. But if you go with a lighter, instead, it's very flammable. <laughs> so. <laughs> In the see. To the best of my memory, I didn't smoke around Divana um, on any of the sets, did I? Um, I think that you, when we were doing the bunyip, you were we got to the mouth part and you were like, oh, it's probably a bit too late to ask if I can have a smoke now. And we were like, oh, yeah, I think it's a bit too late now. I think that's, that's probably it, though. Um, I think on one of the other movies where I gave you a broken nose, I think you were like, oh, yeah, that's good because like, you've got nothing around your mouth so you can have a smoke. I think I remember that one. Um, but apart from that, I think you're fine. Plus, it doesn't bother me too much anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> if, I, if I was only acting, it probably wouldn't make too much difference, but I've got to keep my mind on too many things at once because uh, I'm all... I'm sort of the backseat director, watching what the director's doing, but also uh, having to organise everybody. So uh, it's hard to keep your mind on everything when you're losing your concentration. Uh, so, but I'm guessing that uh, sets around the world are just going to get worse with that. So I've just got to manage to reduce the addiction further or just give up. <laughs> Easier said than done. <laughs> oh, telling me. I managed to cut down, and that's it. But the minute I'm on a set, I'm nervous as anything, and I find that I'm chain-smoking. But this podcast isn't about smoking. It's about makeup, <laughs> makeup and special effects. Uh, Victoria, your special effects are for um, Apocalypto. I keep going back and uh, re-watching chunks of it, and I'm thinking, my God, how did you come up with the ideas? Don't ask me. I don't know. I still don't have an answer. I don't know if I'm alive or I I, I, uh, I died in the movie. Probably I died. Oh, my God. I actually <laughs> want to steal something off you, um, and I, I think I might have chatted to Ivana. I can't remember. But I like the scarification that you did on the faces of, um, uh, of the natives. And I was looking at that, and I thought, right, um, Instead of having to research how that was done 
and ask Ivana, can you do that to our girls on Game of Thrones? It's an upcoming film in September. Maybe we can get you to tell us how to do it so we can steal from you. <laughs> everything was difficult, everything. Because the same prosthetics supposed to be washable and waterproof in, in different scenes, but it has to be the same. So it was a big problem. But I won against the Americans because the Americans made a budget. Four million dollars to do all special effects. When they said so, I said, oh my God. I said, why are you acting like this? I said, because I think it's a little bit too much. I said, why? How much could you do? I said, at least the half. Yes, but how? I said, how? I'm going to do the makeup for everybody only on Monday. And every day retouch. And of course, the line producer asked me, yeah, but what are you going to do with the prosthetics? They're not going to have a shower or what? I said, of course they're going to have a shower. Otherwise, they can smell bad. So they can, they can have a, a shower and nothing will happen to the prosthetics. Because every day for retouch, I was adding bondo or adhesive. So it was a super glue that will never go away. <laughs> huh. no. So uh, they were in the makeup for a whole week. No, only, uh, okay, Saturday night, take them off. And on Monday, do it all over again. But there were like uh, 4,000 people a day. So it was impossible. If it wasn't like this, it was impossible. How many people did you have working for you to make all of this? 400. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but there were no makeup artists. In fact, the, line, the Mexican line producer, uh, after one week, called me and said, Tori, I need to, to have a chat with you. I said, oh my God, what happened? Did I do something wrong? She let me sit uh, on the chair. I said, Vittorio, it's not that I don't want to give them to you, but we don't have in all Mexico 400 makeup artists. I said, I don't want makeup artists. I said, people. Yeah, but they're not makeup artists. I said, I want artists, painters, sculptors, decorators. Do you have those people? They said, yes, but they're not makeup artists. I said, I don't care. I want artists. I'm going to teach them how to do it. If they are artists, they will learn immediately. In fact, they learned. I've seen something like that, but on a smaller scale. It was only 500 people being made up, not 4,000. And what happened was every every single stage was taught to the different people at a table. And each person that came forward to be a zombie, the first person might put the foundation on and put uh, blotches of colour. Then you go to the next one. And then they put on uh, the raised pieces and they stick them on. You go to the next person and then they put on, um, you know, the wet, um, you know, to get the shading in. And then you go to the next person, they put the veins on the face. And then the last person might uh, paint everyone's teeth. And by the time you've finished, it's taken two hours, but you've only spent two minutes um, at each desk and you've gone through 10 desks. Is that roughly the sort of thing you did? Sure. Anyway, like the, belt and it works. The difficult parts of our apocalypse were the tattoos, the scarification, because I didn't find nothing that 
talk about this rivalization. There was nothing, nothing left. So I, I, I thought I had a problem. Then I went to the pyramids, and I saw that inside, outside, the pyramids were built with a lot of uh, geographics. I said, if, so I thought, if they were so important to put them inside and outside the pyramids, it mean, this means that they could use these signs also on the body. So this is what I've done. What I've found on pyramids, I took pictures and I, uh, I've done the same. Also with the, the, for the tattoos, everybody thinks that those are transfer tattoos. They are not transfer tattoos. They are handmade tattoos with packs. How do you have like, tattoos? Because I wanted to steal that too. Although, Ivana, you don't have to do tattoos because all of the girls on the set are tattooed. But they don't. I just thought you might want to do some small scarification like Vittorio did, and maybe have hearts, diamonds, and spades to go on their face. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I'll definitely look into doing something like that. Yeah. You don't need to look into it. You got the man that's the genius. <laughs> yeah, he's, this he's, man's he'll teach me how to do it, and then we'll definitely transfer that onto them. We'll give you a credit. Not that you need a credit in a small <laughs> film, Vittorio. I mean, you've got a star on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame and uh, you've got an Oscar for your work. Um, I think something as small as our films really doesn't sort of get up anywhere close to your level. I got the Oscar because I'm a member of the Academy. Look, that movie lasted, you know how much? One year and a half. That Oscar was earned. I keep looking back at the makeup, and now that you've told me, four thousand people were made up. My God! The I'm, talk, the one I'm year, talking about just making up three people. <laughs> after one year, people were changing faces, and they asked me, "Can you do something?" I said, "Look, miracle! I can cut the heads if you want." <laughs> so they're all the same. Well, oh. the first time, the first time, I had to use stencils to do tattoos. But after one week, even they are dark skin, they they tan. So after one week, they had all the signs. I didn't, I, I didn't need any more of the stencils. But this is fucking lucky. lucky. I had to do only throwing in the signs. It was fantastic. <laughs> to run a team of 500, if you were doing that in Australia, you'd be the CEO of a very big company, you know. It's to actually organise and get 500 people to do what you're telling them to do. My God, that in itself is the skill. I can't even get five people to do what I, I want them to do. <laughs> we have, we have departments. Of course, we have departments. There's scarification departments special effects departments, teeth departments, uh, products departments, because we, we have done all the products in, in, the, in the warehouse. I didn't buy nothing ready. I mean, I didn't call Cryoline and say, Cryoline, give me this. No, I did my own colors because I'm a little, a little chemistry man, little, little one. I also- Did, did you mix I, up your own latex? No latex. No, I don't use latex. Prosade. Everything was prosade or uh, 
silicon, not even silicon, mm-hmm. or bundle. Those clarifications were made in bundle because the GFA, I love them, but they're more difficult to apply. Bundle transfer are very easy. And then you wet, they're done. You just clean everything. Ivana, take notes quick. Yeah. <laughs> and every single actor had its own bundle color. Even they're seen the same, they're not the same. The fucking color of the skin is different. So all of them, all actors and extras, had the, their own bundle color. Sometimes there was a mistake using another bundle, and you, you could see the difference. Then, yes, with uh, Skin Illustrator, I asked if we could do a Mayan plate. So I asked for the colors, and they messed up. They gave me the colors they had in, in stock. I didn't want those colors. So I've done my own ones. And I also so you mix your own colors. Yeah, I have my, yeah, even because I invented my, this is, I don't know if I'm now the only one. I think somebody else was invented after. I invented the translucent alcohol color palette. I mean, the colors are translucent. Are not smart. And I've done also the waterproof plug. Because in, in some scenes, the blood had to be the same, but if he went in the water, he had to go away. But running, the, 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 the blood didn't have to move too much. So I have done the waterproof blood. They lasted there for all the scene, eh? without problems. Wow. It, it's exactly the same like a, a fresh one. There were some uh, water scenes in the running. Um, when that guy is running towards the end, he's in the water. And he comes up and his makeup's still on. It has to. Yeah. Well, in the fighting, uh, happened many mistakes. So I really like to to buy a bark to, to, the, uh, to the Italians. They were, the, the photo was of the Italians because some of them didn't have the ear anymore in the fighting. You know, what could happen? I said, yes, it could happen, but it doesn't have to happen. I don't give a shit. If he has an ear lobe, my ear lobe, if you have it forever, they might disappear. No, but you know the scene is very fast. I don't care. I didn't. I didn't pick up um, on any uh, continuity problems. I wasn't looking for them when I first watched Apocalypto because I wasn't making movies at the time. Nowadays, I pick up on continuity errors immediately, including on the on my own films <laughs> five seconds after they're released. <laughs> Problems are where, when you don't watch. If you stay there and you watch, problems come, come, come out. If you are very, very precise and watch everything, you can see all the mistakes. I don't like seeing that. I, I try to look at it the way the general public does and uh, pray that they'll people watching my movies will do the same because I pick so many continuity errors and it's always like just after it's released 
<laughs> that's when you go, my God, I watched that through 30 times, never picked that. I hope nobody else does. Look, okay, now Apocalypto is a, a cult. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know, like Psycho. Or yes, you always watch because you want to watch it. But now I'm, I'm, I'm tired of Apocalypto. I've done other movies, beautiful movies, Apocalypto. But I'm known for Apocalypto, I know that. It's, it's a mark. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a lot of top uh, producers and actors said, um, said the same thing. Orson Welles always uh, complained that he never could live down his first big film that people said was the greatest. And yet he had so many more ideas and wanted to do so many more things. And he always felt that the worst thing that had happened to him was that he started off with a big hit. Mm. After that, I've done uh, like another fantastic movie but no, nobody spoke about that movie the film was the dust of time from a, a greek director and i had uh, bruno Gans, michel piccoli uh christopher walken it, it, they were fantastic in my movie and i, I had to do old age makeups and i'm a, a different kind of makeup uh, makeup designer i don't like masks i always want to recognize the actor especially if you pay if production pays a lot of money for that actor we have to see the actor. So I put makeup to do look alike makeup, old age makeup, but not mask makeup. Because under that mask, I could be also my grandmother. And the, the result is the same. So I don't believe masks, but I prefer look alike. Like Ellen Mirren in The Queen. She was fucking the queen, but she was also Elmiren. Because if the actors are good, they will they will be the characters. You don't makeup will help, but it cannot cannot do all the job. All the I don't believe. I agree. You have to have somebody really selling the role in the first place and becoming. Uh, with us with badass Bunyip. We technically were using a mask that was built, but uh, it was a zero budget film and it's the only time we've worked with the mask. And the funny thing with the mask is, once we, we took the parts off, I saw how long you took to build it, uh, Ivana, but once it was taken off, we were able to put it back together and uh, Gerardo had uh, a whole lot of pickups that he wanted to do and he just put it on himself. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, it's still it's still working and alive today. The jaw still moves. Yeah, well, yeah, because it probably took so long because I practically like custom built it to your head. So I had it in those massive sheets, and then when we we're putting them on your head, I had cut them and then uh, cut specific sizes to fit in between, like a puzzle piece. That's probably why it fits so nicely now, still, and also takes not even half the time because he didn't have to basically create her own puzzle so yeah that that does make a lot of sense that it still survives because that that latex isn't gone anywhere <laughs> well we used it also in putting it um the camera inside it so that we've got uh people being attacked and you can see the uh see through the teeth so oh yeah the, like the point of view yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. Mm. so it's uh, survived it was quite surprising um, but uh, yeah, 
I do agree that we shouldn't use masks, but we did use what turned out to be a mask. Well, I think, <laughs> I think for what you were after, a mask is was probably the best option for what you're going for. Um, otherwise, it's because you weren't really like you didn't really need to be human. You needed to be that monster. Oh yeah. Well, I found that uh, YouTube video and I thought. I don't know anyone that could make this. And I, I passed it your way mm. and you said, yeah, no problem. I can make it. And when I got <laughs> there, I thought, I thought this was a lot more complex than um, I thought it was. I can't believe she's actually done it. And then, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a mask that was made. It was makeup that was put on my face and then taken off carefully. We had a, a big mask that we were able to use again. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So, like, when will we be able to uh, to see the badass bunyip? Is that like something that's going to be like for next year, or what's your plans for that movie? Uh, the plan's been up till recently, three weeks from now. Um, it probably still will come out in three weeks. But our prop mark, prop makers come back from the dead. Uh, we had a prop maker that does stuff almost. Um, he's not Savini. But he will be a Savini one day. And uh, as long as it doesn't hold anything up, I said to him, well, now that you're back on board, because he was actually very sick and he was in hospital, said, did you want to do one or two effects for this? And we'll see if we've got time to put them in. So if anything, it might delay it one week. So three to four weeks. The film's totally shot. It's just being edited down at the moment. Was that always uh the... Um the planned release date or did COVID sort of push that back? Uh, COVID pushed it back um, by well over a year. Okay. We went into we went into lockdown April last year and April last year it had some trouble with uh, one of the actors on it and I thought, oh, no, 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 I'm just recasting it. And I recast and put Anastasia in. And we were going to use the long weekend to uh, film her scenes. And that very long weekend, which was the Easter long weekend, you know, so you got Easter Friday, Easter Monday, and the two days in between, that was where we went into hard lockdown. When we came out of lockdown, it happened to be the Easter long weekend again. So that's when we finished off the filming. It's well over a year after it was supposed to be released. <laughs> So, like, for the the listeners that might not know what what a bunyip is, could you like uh, maybe explain a little bit as to uh, what 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 a bunyip is? Because I don't know if people in America really uh, know much about you know the story for behind sure. what a bunyip is. Well, have you seen those um, charts of America? And you've got all of the states of America. And all over the charts, you've got the um, different uh, monsters that are native to that area from uh, Mothman to Chupacabra. You ever seen those? Right. Yes. Yes. We've got one too. And it's been in the papers since at least 1850. And according to the Aboriginals, it's been there since time immemorial. And it's an aquatic murderous monster called a bunyip that just kills. There's not really a lot of information about it. And most of these sketches that have been done, they all contradict each other. But this is some nasty uh, thing that kills. 
And so Avana was actually the creator of our bunyip. Mm. So she had to go That's through awesome. something akin to what Vittorio had to go through to decide. Well, maybe I'm just comparing too high to compare making one bunyip to, uh, what was it again, 4,000 actors that Vittorio <laughs> made up? Yeah, I think that's it's a bit it's a bit different, but I'm happy to take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got Vittorio as um, a friend now. Uh, I think the organisation of four thousand people alone would be yeah. the real difficult thing. But I understand what Vittorio just said when he said, "I don't want makeup artists," because you know what would happen if he got makeup artists? They'd all be trained, and he'd have to untrain them to get them to do the way he wants. Yeah, exactly. They'd, they'd mm -hmm. all do it a specific way that they would know that they learned. But from what he said, he re he makes it like most of his products. It's like he'd have to retrain them to use those and they might be a different way than how you traditionally would use already on the market products. I understand exactly what he said. I was my, one of my first sets. I was handed an AK-47 and it was a real one. This is Australia. We've got gun laws, but this guy was an armourer. And everybody um, held up their hands and started showing their um, certificates saying, oh, I've got a certificate one, certificate two in firearms and in this and that. And um, the armourer uh, whispered to me later and said, I took you because you don't. I don't have to untrain you. And this was the guy that did the uh, was the armourer for the Pacific where they'd given him a $1 million uh, budget just for bullets. <laughs> wow. So you get up to Vittorio's level, you know, where he was give, um, offered $4 million for the makeup and this other armourer was offered a million for the bullets. And I, I can understand what they're talking about, not from being at their level, but hearing a few talk about it. Uh, but we seem to have lost Vittorio. We didn't mean to cut him off. He's the uh, big star. Yeah, I tried messaging him back because I, I asked, uh, I was like, hey, I'd like to know, uh, you know, or ask you a couple more questions, but he hasn't responded. So I'll duck out. You get him back to finish off the podcast. And I am really happy that you've had me on up to this point. It's great. Yeah, David, man, uh, I'm glad you could make it on here and chat with us for a little bit. And, uh, you know, we'll keep in touch. Because uh, we got some other uh, things lined up. But, uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming on here and chatting with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the rest of what Vittorio's got to say. I mean, 4,000 people being made up and a crew. I think he said it was either four or 500. He was 400. Yeah, 400. 400. My God. Yeah, no, I duck out, Vittorio comes on. And I'll chat to you guys later. Thanks. No worries. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. As we try to call back Vittorio, uh, let's just have a message played by the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, and then we'll be right back. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal 
providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we lost our friend from Australia, I think. Or maybe I lost him. Who knows? Yeah, yeah he, he ducked out so we could... Uh... Uh, have more of like a you know makeup special effects podcast if you don't mind. Oh, of course. So you want to ask me something more? You said here I am. Uh, huh? <laughs> so uh, you know, I uh, like you were saying earlier. Uh, maybe we'll steer the conversation from Apocalypto to some of your other films. Uh, I know that you've worked on like uh, the Black Dahlia and a zombie movie called Almost Dead. Uh, do you mind maybe talking a little bit about those and your involvement with those films? Okay. Well, uh, the first one is Blattalia, Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma is a very strange director. Well, I, I don't work with normal directors. I, I prefer mm-hmm. you know, to ask uh, crazy stuff and I've got to solve problems. So... Uh, the first people who was in charge to do the body of Dahlia, I think, were they were Czech from uh, Czech, Czech Republic. Okay. And the result, I didn't, you know, uh, the director didn't like at all uh, the result of the dummy, of, of, yeah, of the dummy body. He mm-hmm. was mad. He said, "You brought me a doll. I will have a copy, exactly a copy of the victim." So. Go away. So the line producer immediately called me and said, Toriel, please, please, you gotta see my movie. I said, what can I do? Well, we 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 did uh, uh, the they called us first for uh preventive for a preventive, you know. And in in that period I was uh, in a company called Rocchetti and Sudano. So Mali Rocchetti is very famous uh, uh, makeup artist. Uh, plus, he was uh, he was the owner of the the, the, the company of uh, the Wigs, Rocchetti and Rocchetti Wigs, famous all mm-hmm. over the world. So he asked for uh, a, a lot of money to do the, the body, and they didn't accept. Now, because he didn't like uh, that body, immediately they said, "Do it. No no problems of money. Just do it." I said, "Look, now the problem is not the." the money is the time so when you will need it he said one week and had to do two corpses corpses one oh, wow. with the, the, the arms and the other one in the position. So the lower part i mean the belly and the legs were the same so one part eh? but the, the upper part were two so i said the problem is the time I said do it your best money are not the problem i said okay Let's say the double of what we asked, and I will do it. And I have to work at 20, 28 hours a day, not 24, 28. Oh, wow. <laughs> day and night, day and night working on that. And he loved it. He loved it so much. Okay. That dummy had to, to stay a black and white picture. It was only for a picture. Then they said mm-hmm. to me, look, 
director saw your works and said that probably he would put it also in the movie. So I said, look, you can go in the movie, but only for 300 bucks, I can put some bones inside. Otherwise, it would be like a, a, a do you call it, an octopus. If I don't put oh. a... <laughs> no, 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 nobody will touch it. So, are you sure? I said, yes, yes, I'm sure. If you see the movie, the first thing that the doctor, well, the people there took the arm and the arm does like <laughs> Wow. I so, know, so I know, did... how do you say in America? I, I know in England, I know my chicken. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, know the, I know that it could be this problem, that problem happened. But he was so happy. He wrote me a letter, well, him, the company, I don't know who, uh, I think him, because he said, Mr. Sudano, in the long life of, of my filming uh, experience, is the first time that I could do a close-up of a dub. And for this, thank you. Wow, that, that's uh, impressive, really. Yeah, it was an hour. It was honored. Yeah, this he, was the first thing. He, the second, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, like you know, so he he had made like uh, Scarface, and Scarface is you know a, a huge movie, and it's it's terrific. So uh, you know, seeing that he had made uh, the Black Dahlia on this uh, notorious uh, case, uh, and then uh, you know, seeing that you had uh, worked on uh, the the courts for the movie. That had to have been like uh, you know a lot of pressure on you because uh, you know the 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 pictures of the autopsy are infamous in a way in a in a morbid kind of way. But uh, did you just do the work on the body or did you uh, do more stuff on the movie as well? Yeah, I did also the 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 burn the burn face of the guy plus the other effect of the other one who falls down. Uh, from the balcony and the head that destroys. Wow. All the special, all the special effects. Yeah, but I didn't go there. I sent uh, somebody for me because I was working on other projects in my lab. I couldn't all go. So I sent the animatronic guy. This effect was animatronic. And uh, then there was a fantastic colleague there, uh, Zoltan, Zoltan Elek. Uh, mm. He could apply the prosthetic. He loved it and said, fantastic burn prosthetic. Thank you, Vittorio. <laughs> awesome. To become a member of the Academy, and now I am a member of the Academy, but not because of Zoltan. I don't know why. They accepted me oops, for my for my professional life, I think. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you do great work. Uh... On, on the makeup of, of your movies. So, uh, you know, that probably plays a big factor in why they accepted you. Look, I didn't get the Oscar for Apocalypto, as you know, Pan's uh, Labyrinth one. But it was okay. I mean, I, I always said uh, that it's like a big game. Somebody wins and somebody loses. But the good uh, uh, result for me was that uh, at the makeup symposium, when you have to present the movies to the old members of the academy, of a makeup lunch. Uh, there, there was nobody in, in the room left. And I saw from the end of the, the room, 
the big Rick Baker coming coming to me uh, like this. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm Vittorio Sodano. I mean, it would not be possible that he was he was coming to me. But then I turned, and nobody was behind me, so he was coming to me, and he was repeating, "You are my first choice. You are my first choice. Your your work is stunning." I was like, wow. "Oh my God." This is Rick Baker. So I, I was really down on my knees, like a saint. He said, Mr. Baker, Mr. Baker. He said, no, no, Mr. Baker, I'm Rick. I said, no, 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 you are Mr. Baker. I cannot call you Rick. <laughs> you are the big guru. You are Mr. Baker. Wow. I think I sent you, I don't know if I, if it went through, but I think I sent you my showreel. Did you receive it? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. Well, uh, send it also to our friend, our beautiful friend right there. Because I didn't have Thank your. You. It's just a part of my professional life, part uh, missing a lot of uh, movies. But that one, I really care a lot of that uh, show real because the Academy did it to me, for me. They are so good because they found all my movies, the part of. Uh, where my, my work was uh, to, to to be uh, viewed, viewed. They are so smart. I mean, they, they found everything. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Like uh, FBA, CIA. I don't know how right. they do it. They kind of scanned all of your work, and it's like, okay, let's let's get the good the good scenes well, in there. Same happens uh, uh, on red carpet uh, at the Hollywood Boulevard, a comic theater. I was, I mean, it was my first fucking Oscar, so I was I just wanted to go inside. But people was asking me to, to stay there to take pictures of me. I said, "What the hell are these people? They know my name." <laughs> I was scared. I said, "Oh my god, this is FBI, police, or what? They know everything. They know name and last name." That must have been amazing. They were amazing. Well, then I understood because then when you are a little bit more quiet, you start, you think and say, "Of course they know everything." I've been nominated. They have to know everything about who who has been nominated, birth, life, and death. If if if, if they're dead, death also. My first, second Oscar nomination, I didn't go because I wasn't really. I was really really sick. I was dying. I was in the hospital. My assistant came to me and said, Torio, you'll be nominated. I said, again, for Apocalypto? She said, no, for Apocalypto, for Il Divo. I said, no, no way, Il Divo? Il Divo went to the Oscars? How come? Why? I said, because, Torio, they love the Andreotti. I said, yeah, but it's not an Oscar uh, makeup. I said, Torio, it is. Believe me, it is. <laughs> America knew very well Julian Andreotti. That character is very was very well known because he was a political, entirely mm -hmm. political. Okay. A mafia man. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing to uh, you know. I, I I couldn't imagine how awesome that would have been to be nominated for not one but two Oscars. Uh, you know, I'm sure that that was uh, my experience. Friend. 
When I do a movie, I don't never think about the words, never. I just think uh, to do a good movie and to be happy to do that movie. That's it. Then if something comes out from the movie, fine. Otherwise, I'm satisfied to have my name forever. The name will be forever on that movie. It's, it's enough for me. Awesome, I, awesome. Look, in Italy, we have Davide Donatello, which is the Italian Oscar. I got already two. I won. Plus, are the three beautiful awards, Italian Movie Award. So, I got my Italian-European Oscars. Of course, America Oscar is American Oscar. It's forever. But I also know what's behind the Oscars. Everything is publicity. Everything is uh, political. Yes, religious, everything. I'm nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm not Jewish. I'm not Catholic. I'm nothing. Uh, I believe in energy. I don't. I think we are alone here. <laughs> we, <laughs> birth, we were. We we. They gave us a, a birth. We live, and then one day we die. That's it. And when we die, everything's over. Yeah. Yeah. Energy. <laughs> I don't know if I was an angel, but why an angel? Maybe I was a devil. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> the beautiful lady was an angel because she, she is an angel now, so she was an angel. Oh. For sure. <laughs> Thank you, you. You, with this beard, you wear a beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, like, uh, were you a fan of, of horror movies growing up? Like, I know, like, you know, the Italian maestros like uh, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento, Sergio Martino. Like, did you grow up watching those films? And did that get you into into yeah. the makeup? No, really Fulci, but all of Dario Argento. But if I now as a cinematographer, as a worker of cinema, I don't really like uh, Dario Argento movies. He's very famous in uh, Fangoria, in uh, other uh, newspapers, you know. But, he... okay, the stories uh, were really good. But our, our work with uh, Sergio Sivaletti, I think was a little bit very elementary. I don't know if I... Also, okay. E.T., E.T., Carlo Rombaldi. Yeah, I know he was he was talented, but I also know the truth behind E.T. and King Kong. That the first King Kong didn't like to the director, so immediately production called Rick Baker. So mm -hmm. the result was Rick Baker, King Kong, was not Carlo Rombaldi. But Carlo Rombaldi always said that he did the King Kong. Now he's dead, so how can you say something against the people who's dead? Right, right. Everything's not. Everything's mystery. Who knows? <laughs> but I know right. the truth. So, like you know, you mentioned Rick Baker. Are you uh, pretty good friends with him? Look, Rick always said, "Come and visit me in my studio." Now I know for sure that he, he doesn't want to work anymore after Planet of the Apes, the second one, the one made with CGI. He got really mad. And he is, is correct. I mean, you cannot take my idea 
what I've done in that movie, and it's only makeup. There's no CGI. There's nothing. It's only makeup. Right. I, and you can also recognize the actors under the mask of, uh, of monkeys. I'm never friendly with the directors uh, or actors. You know why? I just do my job. Yeah. I think also Mel Gibson. Everybody said, don't you have his phone number? I said, of course not. I don't care. I mean, no, I don't care. But I'm never going to ask Mel Gibson, give me your your personal cell phone. Never. If he like, mm -hmm. if he want to call me again, he will call me again. He will find. I mean, it's very easy. Victoria Sodano agency, he will find me. He will say to his uh, line producer, everybody finds everybody. <laughs> right. If there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. So, uh, so, so, uh, you know, you, you've done uh, work on uh, Almost Dead. Uh, could could you maybe tell us a little bit about uh, about that film? It was an Italian movie. Italian movie, very bad paid, but when I accept a movie, I do it the best way I can. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't care about money. If I accept a movie, I have to do it well. So I, we had a little some problems. So I designed the movie. Then I sent uh, my my colleagues, my students, the, the good ones that could apply prosthetics and create zombies. And it was, of course, if it was, if if I was if I was there, maybe it could could come even better. <laughs> but it's okay. They did a good job. I got to trust. I always say you've got to make uh, uh, mistakes to learn. Without mistakes, we never learn. Right. Yeah, definitely agree with that one. Even, even, even when we have to sculpt, people say, yeah, but I'm not really a good sculptor. I always say, listen, which is the difference between Michelangelo and you? You don't know how, what to answer. So I answer and say that Michelangelo was Michelangelo. Stop. Thought. without saying <laughs> now it's new and do you feel like Michelangelo no so you give an answer make make a question and give to yourself an answer be smart enough to answer Michelangelo was Michelangelo genius. Right. Um, there are some people that were born they were genius people say to me that I'm a genius I said no I'm not Leonardo da Vinci, I'm not Michelangelo, I'm not Raffaello. I am uh, somebody who try to imitate these big names. Those were geniuses. I'm fucking mm. not. I'm, I'm a shit. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I, you I... give yourself enough credit. What? I, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I've seen, seen the stuff that you've done and like, I definitely aspire to be able to do something like that one day. Oh, David, thank you. But you, yeah, I also saw yours, and you're good also. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> when I speak with somebody, I have to know who I'm speaking with. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pardon? Oh, excuse me? No, also to Marcus. Marcus, also your stuff. Oh, oh, oh thank and you so much. Behind you, I, I know you are a big, big uh, lover of everything, of maquettes, of... Uh, there was a period of my life that I had maquettes of everything. I've done also maquettes of apocalypto characters. Oh, wow. 
but I'm crazy. I'm so crazy that after a movie, I close labs. I close my lab and I throw away everything, molds, originals, everything. Don't know why. Oh, I'm wow. like, because it's like, uh, this life is not for me. I'm tired. I don't want to do this job anymore. And then I last only one week and then I say, but this is the only thing I can do. I, I know how to do. So let's start all over again. <laughs> I love it. Right. So, so you don't keep any like memorabilia from any movies that you work on? No. Oh, wow. Well, so I had I came back to Mexico and I brought all my positive moods of almost everybody. So I, I had like uh, three hundred uh, heads with me. Yeah. And then I said, "What am I going to do with this stuff? It's only dust and dirty. I got to clean them. Let's throw them away. Go." Oh wow! And I close, <laughs> I close my my studios. Oh man! But then I got to do my own products. I always restart every time. Always. Now, look. My first Oscar nomination. I was 32 years old. Now I'm 47. I still. I'm gonna have also uh, still three years, and, and then I will. I will, uh, will have lived uh, half a century. Now I have to decide that the starting of the second half century, where and what to do. Hmm. The other half means that 100 years old, I'm going to be like the queen. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so. So probably will be another quarter, quarter of life. I, I, do I want to die in Rome or in a place with the sea? You know, I'll be older. And then at certain points, I got to leave everything for young people. Why I have to be attached to the past life? I got to right. live day by day, day by day. What? Right. So, so uh, what? What? Uh, what is next for Vittorio? Like, are like, are you going to be working on any uh, newer movies? Uh, Maybe even the horror genre, or what's next for you? I don't really like horror. I mean, I do my own blood, but believe me, when I do also my blood, I, it's like I have uh, some moment to uh, give me a chair because I don't really like the view of blood. But I do blood, it's my job. I <laughs> said, What can I do? Yeah. I'm strange. That's why I told you, I'm strange. I'm a strange guy. But now they called me for uh, a war movie plus uh, uh, genocidium, how to say, Jewish. 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 Jewish, yeah. Because in, in the south of Italy, uh, we had the first capo di concentramento, concentramento, where all the Jewish people were, were thrown to die. Uh, okay. Like a concentration camp, almost. Uh, concentration, right. yeah. very good. Concentration camp. It was the first one of the story of uh, the Nazis, of the Hitler, and the last one mm. be closed, the south of Italy. So they called me for this movie. Very beautiful and touch touching uh, story. Because everybody dies there. Yeah. Oh. And this. Story will... So, so you're working on like a World War II type movie? No, World War II, no. There was zombie, zombies, I think, right? 
World War War World War were zombies. Oh, they are not uh, zombies. Okay. Oh, World War World War. And, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, the Brad Pitt, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the title is almost the same of the history. Yeah. Okay. This is my my beautiful work. Oh. <laughs> She's like an alien. Oh no, she's blind. Oh. So she needs only a lot of love, and I'm her eyes. What? What's her name? Penelope. No, the one Nefertari, the princess of Egypt, Nefertari. Wow. Then I have Penelope and Omar. What? Bamini. Awesome. Masoncino. Dai. Penny. Omar. Let's see. Here. Yeah. Omar. Oh. This is Omar. Omar, come over here. Up, up. Oh, yes. This is Omar. Penny. Andiamo. Penny. Penelope. Penny, dai. Papa, papa. <laughs> the blind one thing. Maybe camera shy. She's not camera shy. She loves to be photographed and stay in front of the camera. She's a star. So I mean, I don't, I don't know if if you. Uh... Have any, have any movies to recommend but uh have you guys or you know i uh for both of you like ha, is there any movies that you've seen lately that you'd recommend recommend the, uh, the listeners to uh check out conjuring three <laughs> <laughs> the first one was always the best like in every every kind of uh, sequels the first one is the best but the third one has smart stuff, but you know, always well. The second was with the monk, the the nun. They also this stuff. I'm tired. I'm tired. I prefer serial killers. Look, you you spoke about Black Dahlia. You know where I've been. Probably you know it. Cecil Hotel, Main Street, Los Angeles. Cecil Hotel is the real hotel of horrors. Yes. Everything happened there. Suicides, killings. And I've been in that fucking hotel. It was very, very cheap. But in the night, I had some bad feelings. Mm. I don't really like this place. What's going on here? Bad energy. Then I came back and uh, said to my boyfriend, I said, look, let's go back. To Italy, so yeah, but we we already paid. I said I don't care. And uh, or we change hotel, but we didn't have money. Or we, we, only three days missing. Let's change the tickets on the plane and let's go back over to Rome. I don't feel comfortable here. Then started the the, the 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 show horror movie, American horror movie, Hotel, and I saw it and I saw pictures inside of this hotel. Said. I know this fucking place. Where did I see it? Did I see it? Then you went to see on uh, IMDb, 
and it's so that the, the story with uh, uh, Lady Gaga also was was uh, shown uh, recorded in this hotel was the Cecil Hotel that then they called for test hotel. But the original name was the Cecil Hotel. Was the fucking hotel of being there? And when we when we left two days later, they found a lady dead in the water bowl on the roof. I remember. I remember when they were talking about that. That's insane. I was there two days later that we left for Italy. Happened. They they found the body. So it means that the body was there. Well, who knows? So one week, five days, three days. We don't know. Wow. So that I felt the bad energy. There was a, a body. Wow. Felt, so you were there when the body was there? For sure. Yeah. After two days, they they found. They didn't kill her. Two days. Holy After two crap. days, I, I left for Italy for Rome. They found. Well, it was in IMDb is written. And date and everything. I said it was two days after we left. They found the body. So it means that when I was there for one week, I've been there in this that fucking hotel. I remember every every day that we had to go back to the hotel. I, said, I was saying to my 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 partner, I said let's stay a little bit more here at the bar or let's go for a walk. I don't want to go now to sleep. I'm not tired. I don't want to go there. I hate. Look, oh I didn't God. have neither the, the toilet in the in the in the bedroom. I had to go outside. Wow. Yeah, terrible. just just probably like bad juju is what we call it. Just like just bad vibes, bad, you know. I don't know what the hell was it, but I didn't want to be there. I was happy when I was on the place and let me go away now. Wow. <laughs> Back home, and, my home, my pillow, my bed, my uh, my kitchen, my bathroom, <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> and for for my work, I've been uh, travel. I traveled all over the world, and I love America. I'm also married. Huh? There's uh, an American lady. Her name is Gina Rene Ortiz Soldano. She's my wife. Okay. I got married with her. And after three days, I said, bye. I go back home. Italy. Said, but we are married. I don't know. We are married. We will be married forever. But bye. I cannot be American. And she, you know how it works. I, I was Italian. So after the marriage, we supposed to, uh, we had to go in front of a lawyer and declare that the marriage is, was for love, for, for everything. Everything was immigration lawyer. And then she said, that, and after this, we have to live together. I said, where? In my home. I said, your home? You think I'm going to live here in Burbank? In your fucking home? I'm Italian style. If I have to live in America, I want to live in Santa Monica or West Hollywood or Santa Barbara or, uh, I don't know, Venice. Venice, Venice Beach, beautiful. She said, yeah, yeah, but this, yeah, my house is here. I said, okay, you stay in your house, I stay in my house. <laughs> so she didn't want to come back over with you to Italy. Oh no, I no no. But she she's American. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm Italian, so 
So I go back to my home and you stay here. <laughs> then uh, I brought her in Roma. I show her my house, my lab, and she saw everything. She said, now I understand why you don't want to live in my home. See, that's why I brought you. <laughs> different styles, different styles too much, too different. Uh, I see. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know how to, how to top uh, what you just talked about with Cecile Hotel. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, Ivana, uh, do you have like any uh, movies that you'd recommend the listeners to to watch? Um. Well, if we're going with our field, I don't watch horror movies or scary movies because, like. They're just too real for me sometimes, and like I'm, I am a very jump scary person. Like I love creating and like watching how people create them. Like that's so fascinating to me. But if something's gonna jump off of my screen, no, nah, you get, I'm, I'm not there. Yeah, I'm already out of the room. Um, so I'm gonna like, I'm more of like a Marvel person. Like I love my blood and guts, like my war movies. Um, uh, basically anything where someone's getting it, like the arm cut off or, you know, slashes across okay. the head. They're, they're good stuff. So um, nothing comes to mind that I've watched recently that's like that. But I have been watching a show called Zoo, which is, I don't know if you guys have it in America yet, on Netflix. Um, okay. Yeah, you, you have it. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. only in like season one, but like, just some of the attacks in that have been pretty cool as well. It's basically where the animals are starting to evolve and they're starting to realise that they are higher up in the food chain than humans are. So basically just a series of events where um, the humans are trying to stop whatever's evolving them because the animals are getting quite aggressive and, you know, humans want to survive. So that's pretty good to watch at the moment. I'd probably suggest that for people that like just twists and turns and things like that oh that sounds pretty interesting yeah it definitely is <laughs> so like uh on on my podcast i like to talk more about uh uh you know the, there's a time and a place for cgi but uh for me i really like like practical effects like things that look real on the screen rather than you know computer images Mm -hmm. um do do you two think that uh you know like makeup practical effects is important to this day in movies or do you think cgi is kind of like the the future in a way uh, <laughs> i i reckon like the real makeup is definitely more important than than just having cgi because if you're seeing something with cgi and then all of a sudden you know it's CGI, you just lose the effect of the movie like that. Whereas something that, like, is makeup, you're just like, wow, that looks amazing, like, you're really involved in the character. Um, things that have CGI and normal makeup, they sort of pair quite nicely, like, with um, that character from Batman, I can't, I can't remember his name, Two-Faced, thank you. Um, he had half CGI, half makeup, and just the pairing of them together were really good. Uh, Cause like, you know, some things you just can't do with just special effects makeup, but um, I'm not going to say CGI is, you know, get it out of here or like it's horrible because it does really do, do, like make a film. 
but you definitely do need that like physical makeup just to complete everything off as well. I agree. I agree. I would love if CGI will, will never touch again uh, makeup artistry, but sadly, I have to say that the future would be everything CGI. Also, the actors won't be a, a real actors; will be CGI characters, like look, like uh, uh, Avatar. I know yeah. they were the beginning was where Johnny Depp and everybody. Now the the blue color of Avatar, you know where it comes from, from Apocalypto. You know why? Portrait designer of Avatar and also the the uh, designer were both people who worked on Apocalypto. Hmm. Wow. Okay, it's interesting. That guy, that guy, the the, the special effects creator, Portrait Portrait was for Tenerife. Tenerife is a Canarian island. And I called him to do Apocalypto. Now, because it's Canarian island, we spoke Spanish. And the costume designer was Mexican, Maya Silvera. And she spoke Spanish. They found they became friends. And she took him. And when she said, we have to create this, let's find the color. He, we put outside the blue, the Mayan sacrifice blue. And in, in, in out Avatar. Now, if I have to say I love Avatar, I didn't like Avatar. Too much peculiar. I don't believe it. But because I'm a lover of this, my hands. And I'm fucking bad on computer. So I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm jealous of my, I don't know if I can call it art, I don't know if I have an art or not, I don't know. The only thing I can do, cappuccino and coffee. <laughs> I cannot ask well. a machine to do my coffee, I have to do coffee. <laughs> I have to do it, because it's like a practical, you know. There's a time, I've got to take the bowl, I've got to put the water. I gotta wait, I gotta smell. It's all moments, magical moments that every morning I have to do. I'm a machine, if I have to put a program in a machine, comes out a coffee. It's not a coffee, it's it's a product. Look yeah. at Mel, because Mel knows many things, said to me, why don't you use the laser printer to do the tattoos. I turned, I said, why? There were laser printers in Mayan period? I said, no. So I think the best to do hand, handmade. And if there are some mystics, we accept human beings are not perfect. Well, I, I can't really see any of the imperfections in that movie. Uh, but I, I do know that uh, the actor Raul had a uh, a fake nose. Uh, did you do any of like the the prosthetic makeup of like you know the to change the appearance on the actors, or did you do just the uh, makeup specifically? What, what, what I knew about the Mayans, uh, they had a practical uh, 
and usage. When the babies were born, they used to push this part of the head behind because they loved the, the point heads. Mm. And for characteristics of that place, the nose was curled, curled nose. But I could not do prosthetics for nose for everybody. So what I've done, because I've done also the, all the facial jewelries, and I took it from a costume department. I said, if they're going to have this profile, I'm going to do it with an, a, a nose bridge, like a jewelry. And yeah. everybody it. <laughs> it was just a clever way of, you know, Italian way to solve problems. <laughs> Turn around <laughs> and get in the thing place but in a different uh, position <laughs> right now yeah also to do because i had so many makeup art makeup artists artists they, they were doing makeup artists to do the particulars the, the details or i could do pictures of everything also the nails of the hand the nails of the feet Behind and front, side, side, right side. Too many pictures. So what I've done, I took little dolls of, the, this, of a human body. The one for Shatsu, you know, for Shatsu? Uh, uh, yeah, like, like a this. voodoo almost? What? A voodoo? Yeah, a figure, figure. Yeah. Yeah. The same color of... Uh, uh, Mayan color based. And I said, now let's do the, the, all the makeup on this doll and let's put it there. So you just have to see it, the, the doll in, mm. in 360 degrees. Right. That's, That's interesting. And then I hand it on every single uh, extra or actor. Had a place with the scarification, the back with the with the jewelries, teeth, and plus this doll hang <laughs> like <laughs> like this. Now, <laughs> in this uh, warehouse, and saw all these fucking dolls, and asked, I said, "Who had the idea of doing this?" And my colleague Aldo said, "Vittorio." He turned to me and said, "You're a fucking genius, guy, man." <laughs> That's awesome. I always, uh, Tom, uh, Marcus, I always have to solve the problems. First, if the director asks, I gotta I gotta say yes, I have it. Never say okay, yes, I can do it, but uh, you have to wait, I need the money. No, never. Yes, I can do it. You find a way. Right. I don't see it on the night, but the day after, the director is going to have what he, what he wants. Right. So, so did you work a lot with Mel during the making of that movie, or uh, did did he kind of give you more creative control as far as like the makeup design goes? He's very smart guy. He knows everything because he's first of all he's an actor, second he's a director, third he's a producer. Pure producer, so he knows everything of the chain of cinema. At the beginning, he didn't trust. He wanted to see. He always, uh -huh. well, 
he asked for a show and tell of every single race of Apocalypto because Apocalypto had at the beginning villagers, then fish hunters, then the Hulkans, the, the bad boys, you know, then right. the, then uh, crossing after the jungle that happened many things. Uh, we find the the, the shanty town. Shanty town with you know the sick people, the, the, the bad part of the population. Yeah. Plus the workers, the lime workers, the white lost ones. And I had to represent uh, this. And then after that, sacrifice uh, moments in the, the the big city with uh, mm -hmm. four thousand people every day. All this scene and every single character was different from the others. Nobody has the same uh, or tattoo or jewelry or no, no doubles. Wow. Never. That's Even incredible. Sometimes when you have uh, many people you can use the same. For me, no. Wow. Every single one I had to, to do for every single extra. And every That's morning so I up After he saw the, the show and tell, he asked me for a man and a woman of every single race. And then he watched the, 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 the tales. Like, you know, uh, when you got arrested, you do pictures. From mm -hmm. I, like, <laughs> mugshot. The same, the same. Hands up, hands down to see the details. After he saw all the characters, he turned and did this. After he did it, everybody started, and I was laid down like that because my heart was gone. Uh. <laughs> From that moment, he gave me do it. Yeah, but the beginning was being very, very strange and difficult because. For three times, he called me at three o'clock in the morning. Or no, him, somebody, his assistant, called me and said, Vittorio, wake up. A car will come and pick you up. Mel wants to see you. Three o'clock in the morning. So it was going on the first time. What's going on? I was, oh, struggling. He said, Vittorio, you want to drink something? Three o'clock. I said, no, no, thank you. I would like to sleep, but it's okay. <laughs> Tell me what's going on. No, I I called you because I made a dream. A dream. What can I do? <laughs> what dream did you do? I dreamt how middle eye is supposed to die. I said how? With an axe, Jaguar Paul will, uh, will cut his head in the part, and I want to see the blood pulling out like this. Is it possible? Said, yes, of course it's possible. I just asked him, but when? He said, now. Now? He said, no. no. So he said, no, I mean, now that we go on set. He said, okay, now. You will do it. You will have it. Of course, you go back to your hotel, you don't go sleep. Because I didn't have a, a prosthetic, a live cast, I didn't have nothing. So I had to do it on flat and everything. I did it. Wow. Everything was, you know, when we turned this in after three weeks. 
Then he called me another time for the look of uh, the big uh, uh, city, uh, yeah, all the people of the city. And he brought me some pictures of, uh, um, another race, which were no, no Mayans. They said, look, something like this. I watched them, I said, look, uh, I don't think they are Mayans. I said, why you say so? Said, look at the, uh, the feathers. Mayans didn't have this kind of birds. <laughs> so you're right. So I said, I took some other pictures that I had on my cell phone. I said, these are Mayans. He watched them. I said, I think you're right. Go ahead. Go on this, you know, this point of view. And then we did them. Then he loved my scarifications. He loved the tattoos. Because I used the, the colors that I found in Mexico. I said, I cannot use a color that in Mexico they don't have. They have a jade mm -hmm. color, they have uh, burnt sienna, natural sienna, yellow, uh, ochre, 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 yellow, uh, green, uh, jade, jade green. These were the colors. And we make these colors. I cannot go and do something else. For I sure. Now. For my sure. studio is waiting for me and my students also. All right, well, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Victor. Love you. Thanks. Strong with makeup artistry. No yes. CGI. No CGI. CGI. <laughs> yes, sir. Bye. All right. So, uh, Ivana, before, before we take off, uh, yeah. So, uh, can, can you tell us about the uh, the badass Bunyip? Uh, I know David was on here earlier. He's one of the actors and producers, and I, I'm sure I, I think he's is he one of the producers or is he just one of the actors? Uh, from my memory, I think he was. I think he was one of the producers, but uh, at the end of it. it I don't know if he had a lot of producing in. I think it was more Gerard's than anything. Okay. But I might be wrong though. That was it was two years ago now. It's pushing my memory oh, back wow. quite a bit. Yeah. It was Christmas oh, Day. Oh, I didn't realize how long you guys have been working on that. Yeah, yeah. Quite a while. <laughs> wow. So uh can, can you tell us like what, what it was like working on on the badass bunyip? Well, um, we had a bit of an inspiration photo to go off. So that was uh, a start, at least. Um, and then there was more just trying to figure out what to make it out of that, you know, he could see while he was walking as well, because we couldn't just completely cover his eyes and then him not be able to see what he's doing. Um, so there was a couple of trial runs with how I wanted to make the material of the mask because um, we wanted to make sure we basically created more of a rubber than something that was stiff. So um, I basically just made latex with some flour and just baked it and then made it, made it really thin so that when I put it over his head, because obviously his head is not flat, it could bend and like mold to everything and then actually stay there rather than flick back up. Um, yeah, so 
And like David said earlier, that when they took it off, Gerard was able to put it back on in half the time um, because all the time of putting it on him was um, creating the puzzle pieces to, to, to be on him and then colouring. And it was, you know, it was quite an experience as well, um, making sure that, you know, he can see, but without people being able to see that he can see. Uh, mm. So that was more of a challenge than anything because um, we didn't want to take away from the fact that oh, someone can see that, you know, it's a mask. Like like we said before, that, you know, if you, if you if you can see something that's not meant to be there, it takes you away from it, just like how we're seeing in CGI where it's like if something moves not naturally, then it takes mm. you away from what it is. Um, right. So, yeah, so... It was it was it was interesting. It was it definitely a fun project to work on. Very cool. Did did you do uh, uh, all of the uh, uh, makeup on on the film, or did you do just the creature work? Um, I did the creature. I also did some. Uh, there's a little girl that gets dragged away. Um, so I basically did all of her like sort of gravel. Uh, sort of scratches all on her forehead and then another one a guy gets his arm ripped off um they had a fake arm for that one so we basically just put some blood there but then he also got some cuts in his face and stuff and that was really fun to do as well um another bit that i did was uh a guy gets his stomach slashed open so we had to sort of like make prop work with his intestines and making sure that it like you know actually looked like it was coming out of his stomach like I didn't have to create anything for it it was just more making it look real rather than just something sitting there on him so that was pretty fun too so yeah and then I think that it was just those that I'd worked on I'm not sure if there were any other artists that they got in for any other things but um they definitely just for other scenes when I wasn't available they just threw some blood on there made things look as real as possible with like um, blood and bleeding and everything like that too. So, yeah. Well, sounds cool. Yeah, it definitely. It sounds pretty cool. Like even the trailer, just it's very exciting. I haven't even obviously seen the movie yet, so um, I'm excited to see it. See what see what came from it because it's definitely a long time in the making. Because when we did the first, like the little girl and the guy with the scratches on his face, that was probably maybe like six seven months before they filmed the bunyip. So, um. Yeah, definitely a long time in the making. Well, yeah, I I am interested in uh, watching the film once once it's released, and uh, you know the, the creature looks pretty cool, and uh, you know I I I can't wait to see uh, what you guys have come up with. Yeah, I'm very excited as well. Should be really good. So, uh, do you have anything else lined up after Badass Bunyip? Are you working on anything currently that you can share with us? Or, um, Currently, I'm not on any sets at the moment uh, that I can share with you. Um, there is one, uh, but it's all very confidential at the moment. Like, they haven't even told us what the name is yet because they didn't even want that to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, it's a very, it's definitely a very drama one that's hard to watch. It's probably all I can say. Um, 
yeah, so there's there's that one which is uh, every now and then again COVID sort of stopped that a little bit. So even with the the one that we so I don't know if you know, but Melbourne just got put into another two two and a half week lockdown um, last week. So that sort of stopped production for that again. So now we're sort of waiting until we're allowed to have more people in a house and luckily we can now um because there's a lot of house scenes um but yeah i'm just sort of plodding along doing little bits every now and then doing i uh, did a youtube video the other day where uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with like some people that they go to muscle beach and they dress up as old guys and then they try to verse like the young people and like you know challenge them that way a youtuber from melbourne was doing something similar where they got made up as an old guy and they went and burst people in basketball so that was pretty fun project to do on the weekend made him quite old um but yeah Hmm. so plodding along i might go up to queensland soon hopefully and there's a course up there um like advanced prosthetics that i want to do just to refresh some of my knowledge learn a couple new things especially some new products that are out in the market too so yeah that's probably what i've got in store coming out in the future awesome very cool yeah i you know i i'm kind of repeating myself but you know i yeah. i can't wait to see your work on the badass bunyip and Thank uh you. and you know hopefully uh i'll see more of your work in future movies and maybe even back to the horror genre at some point yeah, I love I'd love to do horror. Um, I probably won't watch anything that I do, but definitely would love to create it. <laughs> Very cool. Um, is, is there anything else that you'd uh, like to share with the the listeners? Um, uh, no, not that I can think of. <laughs> I think we got a plethora of, of stuff here already. Um, uh, but before we take off, uh. Is there anywhere that you'd like to, uh, the listeners to follow you on social media or, you know, where, where can the listeners find you? Uh, yeah, so um, I have a website. So Evalua Beauty and Special Effects. Um, and also Instagram, exactly the same name, just with underscores in there. So Evalua underscore beauty underscore and underscore SPFX. So they'll find all my work on there. Um also, I have an IMDb as well. That'll be under my name, so Ivana Ciccone. Um Yeah, so basically everything that's on that I've done will be on there. A couple of things I still need to post, but yeah, so uh, that's where they'll find me. Awesome, and uh, I will put uh, your your social media links and your website in the description of this episode, and. Uh, you know, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for coming on here and uh, and talking about your film and and you know listening to uh, Victor and and David talk as well. This it's been pretty fun. Yeah, it has been. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, as we wind down. From the episode, I just wanted to thank all the guests, Vittorio Sedano, Ivana Ciccone, and David Black. Thank you all so much for taking the time to to be able to to talk to me on the show. 
It's a blast. And man, I can't get over the whole Cecile Hotel thing. That is crazy, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if uh, you guys want to follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram at Root Horror Podcast. I'm also on Twitter at Root Horror Pod. And then, like, you know, links to the website, YouTube, uh, everything else, even including my social media. Uh, go to linktree.com forward slash root horror podcast and that'll give you links to everything so uh you know i want to say uh apologize for taking like three weeks off not being able to post anything uh you know shit happens i guess like it's hard to keep a consistent schedule uh you know like a, a weekly schedule so uh try to at least give you guys something like one every two weeks is what I would like to try to do. I think I've talked about this before, but uh, you know, sometimes I'm not going to be able to be consistent. So uh, apologize for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I got some some good stuff lined up. I'll be talking to uh, Jeff O'Neill from Midwest Monster Fest. We're going to be talking about Midwest Monster Fest and, and all the guests and events and everything that's happening there uh also have director charlie steeds who's made like the barge people winter skin death ranch a werewolf in england and and many more i had a conversation with him that should be a a great episode and uh also a rude horror radio episode two will be back and uh i'll have kind of like a a mixture of everything like you know rap metal instrumental i mean it's it's all over the place so uh if you can appreciate music in general that'll be an episode episode for you uh so stay tuned for that and then uh i'll probably just take a little break you know i say i'll take a break and i might not be taking a break but uh, i'm also gonna try to take a little break after those episodes air to uh get ready for the spring fever high on the hog double feature it'll be happening in august friday the 13th so uh yeah a lot lot of cool stuff have other things in the work but that'll be probably uh more or less in august september time i'll start being able to announce more things so uh just want to say uh thank you all for listening so much and uh stay tuned for the next one